0: Hi, I'm Paul Maxwell. I'm the content lead at Tively, and today we're going to talk about how to break through growth plateaus in your church. Welcome to Modern Church Leader, a short daily show to help you grow your church, be more effective and efficient, and powerful for the kingdom of God. Every successful church hits a moment of plateau in their growth. Okay, for some that pl- plateau could come at ten, hundred, thousand. 10,000, right? And, and that moment could last a month, right? That plateau of growth it could be a month, a year, it could be 10 years, it could be 100 years, right? And the growth plateau, it creates a crisis for churches because it signals two things. Number one, it signals the potential decrease of the church size. And number two, it signals the lack of appeal the church has in its community, at least in its current form. And these are both frightening signals for any church leader to face, because lack of people often means lack of resources, and lack of resources means fewer programs, opportunities to reach out to people in the community, right? with the mission of the church, and lower production quality of the church service, uh, in which that itself results in even a further drop in the church's appeal, resulting in fewer visit- visitors. Right? It's, it just creates a whole cycle. Drop in visitors can often be uh, a signal flare of many bigger problems down the road. Well, that was kind of a run-on thought, but the church growth plateau is a run-on problem. And if you don't address it head-on, that plateau will more than signal the church's decline in death. It will actually guarantee it. So here today in this video, we're going to detail some of the major causes that church growth plateaus, uh, 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 rather the causes of those church growth plateaus and how to break through them uh, without uh, resorting to tactics which feel not native to your church. So number one, uh, the first problem Or or a reason or a main cause for church growth plateau is low production value. Okay, if if your church doesn't produce things well, people actually have a word for that. It's cheap. Right now, now you might have a pocket full, or a bucket full, or, or an entire sanctuary full of reasons why your church doesn't produce its events well. And and I have sympathy with all of those. Certainly, it's not easy to produce things well. Right, we don't have the money, we don't have the talent, we don't have the tools, we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the volunteers. All of these can absolutely be, be the legitimate reasons why you're not producing your Sunday service well but they're actually not reasons, they're obstacles, right? And you've chosen not to overcome them in order to focus your time and your resources on other things. Again, which is completely understandable, especially in small churches where resources are thin already. It's hard to even justify it to the congregation to, 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 to devote resources to Sunday service production when it doesn't feel that relevant, right? The problem with this decision is that it's it, it's very short-sighted. If you spend all your time and effort getting people into the door, making sure the, the back end of your church operations works well, but spend no time on the front end, right? What business is called a customer facing aspect of your organization. I mean, people simply won't return, right? I mean, that's a common sense thing, but we we, we have a way of blocking that common sense stuff, right? It, they, they won't tell you why, you know, they never returned. They You'll never find out why people don't come back. But the reason was production value. People don't like putting a lot of time and energy into things that look and feel cheap, right? And church is no different. The solution to this is not to try to look like a mega church when you're not, right? The solution is to reallocate your resources toward increasing the production value of your church service, the smoothness of the event experience, the quality of the design elements in the sanctuary, right? So um, to illustrate this, bear with me a little bit, right? So, so my wife and I actually have this ongoing debate about avocados, right? I'm from New York. She's from Los Angeles. She loves avocados, right? They're just bigger out here, I guess. I, 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 but I, I I can't stand them, okay? Crazy, I know. All you avocado, avocado guacamole lovers out there, right? Why don't I like avocados? Well, it's what foodies call like the mouthfeel, right? It's a weird texture. Right? I don't even really know how to explain it, but, but I know that when I eat an avocado, the feel doesn't match the taste, right? And there are entire subreddit communities, I'm sure, devoted to hammering out the details of this debate. But, but here's the point. I ate my first avocado, And that single experience supplied me with sufficient data to conclude that I'm not going to become a repeat user. Your church gets to be any fruit it wants to be, right? It can be a bushel of strawberries, a crate of blueberries, or a watermelon. I know I'm stretching this metaphor. Please go, it's going somewhere, okay? But if it's an avocado, a very polarizing fruit, some people are going to like you and some people just aren't. Is it even a fruit? I don't know. But, right, low church production quality It's kind of like resigning to be an avocado, okay? You're accepting that you will only appeal to a very thin, idiosyncratic portion of the population. Now, the market for low-production churches could grow. Like, it's conceivable, right? The global demand for avocados has grown 83% over the past five years. Well, okay. But there's a reason that Starbucks sells bananas at the cash register, not avocados, okay? Bananas are globally the highest-selling fruit by revenue. Accruing 8.1 billion in annual sales compared with avocados that only bring in a meager 5.2 billion. <laughs> right now, don't get me wrong, $5.2 billion is uh, a lot of money, right? But it's only 64% of 8.1 billion. If you're a church hitting a growth p- plateau, at some point you have to ask yourself is our growth plateau a result of our product leaving the other 36% on the table, which could be the 36%? That's a third, okay? catalyzing your growth. It's, it would be to grow would be a 50% growth, uh, 50% growth to decline would be 36% decline. What would it be like for your church to get some of that banana money? Okay. It would take asking yourself, what are people looking for? And then doing that at your church. Okay. The number one thing that people experience when they visit your church is your production value, the preaching quality, the atmosphere, the smell, the aesthetics, the feel, the mouthfeel, if you will. Right. But it, it all comes actually down to a principle, okay? What is that principle? The principle is this. Church visitors who are willing to put up with lower production value are also willing to put up with higher production value. Church visitors who want higher production value will not be willing to put up with lower production value. Okay? it's 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 really begins with a principle that is that simple. Production value... Informs a visitor's decision about whether to return and become a member or to try out a new church. So, in terms of our crude metaphor, right, all avocado eaters are willing to eat bananas statistically, but not all banana eaters are willing to eat avocados. Or somewhat true for fruit, very, very, very true for churches. And we need to start operating on the basis of this principle, right? So, what's actually the takeaway of that sort of weird illustration, right? Here's the takeaway. If you are hitting a growth plateau, an undesirable growth plateau in your church, throw out the avocado playbook, low production quality, middling demand, right? And spend the time and money to become a banana (laughs) with a high production quality, highest demand, right? That is the application of the principle, the economic principle to your church for why it's not growing, okay? Here's the second big obstacle churches face that often causes these plateaus. And that is so common. Aversion to marketing. All right, churches don't like to think about church marketing because it feels like grimy and sleazy, right? They don't want to be pushy, right? Hey, come if you want, though, come, right? But marketing is a necessary tool for growing your church by getting new visitors through the door. Okay, if you're not getting new visitors through the door, church isn't growing. That's simple. Marketing is how you do that. You can accomplish this in two ways. Okay inbound marketing and outbound marketing so i'm going to break those two down just a little bit all right so inbound marketing gets people in the doors of your church by posting you know shareable blogs with a link to visit your church paying for google pay-per-click ads right using other forms of advertising to get people to come into your front door without meeting them face to face by supplying them with the opportunity to visit in their own native environment even if it's a digital native environment in an organic way now that's inbound marketing Outbound marketing gets people in the doors of your church by asking your church members to invite friends and family, you know, going to Starbucks and inviting the people you meet, implementing an invitational strategy into your general practice of social interaction in your community, right? That's outbound, right? You're actually going out, you're doing evangelism, you're doing relationship building, right? And you're actually telling your congregation, discipling them to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to invite them to your church, right? Use both methods, inbound and outbound, use both methods to get people to come to your church so that you have the greatest chance of increasing your visitor acquisition and member retention numbers. Number three, big obstacle that causes church growth plateaus, that is neglecting to reach the youth. Okay, This has to do not only with caring about reaching the youth, but employing the most effective methods of actually reaching the youth and getting them plugged into your church. Right. It's one thing to get a bunch of kids to show up to an event. It's another thing to have a healthy, a spiritually vibrant youth community in your church, right? It's one thing to talk to the youth. It's another thing to generate demand for your church among the youth. It's an entirely different thing. If you care about church growth, you are highly invested in the latter, okay? You are interested in, in, in cultivating demand for your church among the youth which is a tall order, right? But you want to get the youth in the front door of your church with the most fun and exciting things possible. All the cliches, paintball, laser tag, movie nights, video games, social events, right? Just get them together, help them to have fun and help them to give them the guidance, the spiritual guidance, the the mentorship that they need, right? Whatever kids are doing right now, do that at your church and invite them. Well, with a few filters, probably, right? But find the most viral thing that kids are doing that is appropriate for church, whether it's photography, hunting, sports, movies, right? Whatever it is, create events based around that at your church and they will come, all right? Ideally, you have a youth pastor kind of planning and implementing these things, keeping his thumb on the pulse of exactly what the best strategies will be. But if you're a smaller church with a volunteer youth coordinator, then brainstorm with them and the rest of the youth team Uh, You know, ways that you can creatively create a viral atmosphere uh, around your particular youth group activities, right? If it takes giving the youth group a bigger budget, listen, give it to them. This is critical. And listen, this is not always the case. I'm not saying as a principal, the youth group should get like 90% of the church budget. I'm saying if you're in a plateau and you know that this neglect is true for your church this budget shift could really kind of shake loose that plateau. So your current growth plateau could be a result of failing to do this for the past 10 years, which is why there's a dry spell of adults. All your youth have grown up and left or many of the youth you could have reached simply never heard of you. And they didn't say, Right, so double down on your youth group. This is a long-term investment. Okay, so this isn't like a breaking through the plateau in the next three months investment. This is a long-term investment that will show results in the next few years with their parents, and the next few decades as they grow up and have families. Right, this is that, that, thats how I became a Christian was youth, through youth group, and that's how my parents became Christians because I went to youth group and then I invited my parents to church. Right, it's a very common thing. Number four, a poverty mindset. All right, uh, many churches believe that poverty itself. Is a virtue, which means that they should have as little money as possible, which makes them in alignment with God's will as much as possible, right? They don't fundraise. That they, 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 they see low quality production as like a badge of honor, right? We're just doing the Lord's work, right? They wear their poverty on their sleeve as if it signifies like a higher level of spiritual maturity or church purity or something. And as a result, churches and church leadership teams that learn this mindset is is wrong, is, you know, they have to learn it the hard way that it's wrong. They're often deeply set in their ways, resulting in like a stagnancy and the implementation of uninformed and ineffective fundraising methods down the road. So members will be used to not being asked for money. And then we'll have a stunted conception of the relationship between giving and growth. That is how things that is that. That is the there is an enormous relationship between giving and growth. Okay, people need a vision and they need tools to give wholeheartedly to the church. Preach on generosity. Preach on giving. As your people consider the many Bible passages that speak about giving, leverage those verses to create a season of content of sermon content or Sunday school content that helps people grow from a poverty mindset into an abundance mindset. Into an abundance mindset so that they can begin giving to the church with a full heart expecting God to provide for the mission to which he has called your church yet also meet them where they're at right so a product such as like Tidley's digital giving app which is fantastic is designed to maximize accessibility in giving for your congregation and maximize your insight with its specific uh, uh, abund- well, with its abundance of other you know church specific tools so considering a new giving tool or software might just be the catalyst to to break through that current plateau So another reason that churches plateau uh, uh, is that they have an outdated growth strategy. This is actually one of the most common obstacles that I see. Okay, so what strategy it takes to grow from 100 members to 200 members may not be the same strategy that 300 plus growth requires. Right. So there's like this famous quote, right? What got you here won't get you there or at least it won't necessarily get you there, right? You have to question your methodology every step of the way. Now, this doesn't entail that you should, you know, always be switching your method, you know, methods. Well, we tried this for a week and it doesn't work. Let's do something else, right? But if you hit a growth plateau, you need to analyze whether your patience with your method is really just a veiled sunk cost fallacy. That is, you have to seriously consider whether your current plateau is actually a feature of your current growth strategy, or if, or if it's a fault of that same, same strategy, right? Is it a feature of your strategy, or is it a flaw in the strategy? You have to decide that and then adjust accordingly. Number six, uh, not quite as common, but still uh, a little common today. A church actually just doesn't have a growth strategy, right? Some churches still have that build it and they will come mindset. And in the same way that this aphoristic wisdom worked for brick and mortar stores before the internet, but fail in a post-internet age, it will fail churches in our modern world as well. The primary way new churches or rather new visitors discover churches is by Googling churches near me. So if you don't have a growth strategy, you're not even even thinking about Google pay-per-click ads. Moreover, Google Pay per click ads aren't even enough, right? You should be deploying multiple strategies within an overarching growth vision that both your church leadership team and your congregants and your members and your devoted attendees actually can buy into and participate in. Number seven reason why uh, your church may be in a place of plateau. This is a real sore spot, and I'm, I'm going to be try to uh, I'm going to try to be sensitive about this because I know a lot of churches struggle with it. Is that you have it? You have toxic church conflict. Okay. You may not be growing because you have in-house issues that need to be resolved. Visitors can tell. Visitors can tell when there's conflict brewing beneath the surface of a church. It comes out in the snide comments and the cynicism, the underhanded remarks, you know, it's generally diminished sense of positivity and camaraderie in the church culture. You know, just like on a first date, you can kind of see some of those red flags that someone may not be ready for a relationship, right? It's, it's 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 impossible for a church that hasn't sorted through its own issues to hide all of those significant red flags from visitors. So your visitors may be picking up on some some palpable conflict in your church, and they're kind of thinking, I really don't want any part of that, right? So in the same way that more money won't solve the problems of someone who doesn't know how to manage money, more people won't solve the problems of a church leadership team that doesn't know how to manage conflict, right? More people through the door that's not going to mean anything cuz they're not going to stay, right? So so you have to look at all these obstacles and ask yourself which of these feels most germane to our situation, right? Because church church growth plateaus are, are I mean, they, they're heartbreaking and they're also very hard to overcome. But the persevering church leader will take that challenge by the horns, employ those seven strategies, and burst through that plateau, fully expectant that God will honor his faithfulness to his original call on your life and on your church. Okay, overcome these seven obstacles, and you'll see significant growth in your church as fast as you can overcome them, even if they take several years to overcome. That long-term mindset will take you to the end, okay? So, Obstacle number one, low production value. What's the cure? High production value. Number two, aversion to marketing. What's the cure? Embrace the wisdom of good marketing and don't be embarrassed by it. Number three, you neglect reaching the youth. What's the cure? Do what the youth do, but at church, right? Again, with filters. Number four, you have a poverty mindset. What's the cure? An abundance mindset rooted in faith in God and calling to his mission. Number five, you have an outdated growth strategy cure? A revised growth strategy, according to the data. Number six, you have no growth strategy. What's the cure? Well, you got to put something on paper, right, for growth. Number seven is you've got church conflict. And what's the cure? It's resolving issues with a healthy church culture in a way that signals to visitors we are a safe place to come we are a positive place to come and if you join us and keep continuing to come back we are doing our very best to make this a place of encouragement and positivity so that the love of christ can reach as many hearts as possible in our church and change as many lives as possible in our community if you do that i think you will see your church church growth plateau problems resolve themselves within a series of months possibly weeks, even if it's years, that's okay because churches are in communities to create legacy. So let give yourself permission to have a long-term mindset with these things. If you have a growth plateau, don't let the anxiety of that plateau push you into unstable strategies that might cause even more unrest in your church and might even cause uh, your attendance to drop even more, right? Think legacy, think long-term, think patient, but also think strategy. If you're strategic in your long-term efforts, you will see those years will go by like that. As more and more and more visitors. Don't just stop returning, but they actually, it becomes a sticky church, right? Where you go there and you want to be there. You want to be a user, you want to be a member, you want to be a servant, you want to be a participant. Create the kind of church that incites that in the hearts of visitors and your church plateau problems will be no more. Thanks for listening. Please review Modern Church Leader on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for more resources at tithe.ly or follow the links in the show notes.